1: Welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. world. Oh, I haven't heard that sting before. It's a pleasure to, to welcome on the radio sport Wayne Goldsmith. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, good
0: morning, Miles.
1: I get a kick out of that every time I hear it. Oh no, seriously! If if it was me, I'm almost con- contemplating changing my name to Wayne just so I can have that sting played for me now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it is funny. I remember when the movie first came out, and uh, I think I sat there for two hours with a big smile on my face, trying to believe that it was actually a little bit about me, but you always get a, a good laugh, and I can still remember a lot of the crazy lines from that movie. Yeah, it is one.
1: I actually tried to get my youngest to watch it uh, a couple of months back and they walked out halfway through. So maybe it's a generational thing uh, that, that we've got to deal with. Good to have you on today, Wayne, especially in light of the Australian Cricket Review that, uh, that's just come out. And now the furore between you know, finger pointing from the Players Association to the, the, the management and the board and vice versa. Um, how much um, is you know, the, the relationship between each individual entity, you know, group, or entity responsible for the, for the behavior of the other? If you know what I mean, especially for the management down to the players.
0: It's become very, very complicated, Miles, over the years, has not it? That it used to be very much about players played, and managers led, and coaches coached, and the board did. Uh, nice red wine and wore nice jackets and everybody kept to their own job and their own devices. I think it's become complicated increasingly because of things like social media and people talking uh, out of school, Maybe people talking online and sharing ideas. So there's been some blurring. There's also with professionalism, there's been an increase in the need for things like representation of players' rights. Uh, There's legal issues. There's management of, of player... Uh, money and contracts, we have got player management groups. So it's become increasingly complex. But what I know, and, and uh, it, it is very apparent in that report from Cricket Australia, or the Cricket Australia has just released, is that in the end, ultimately, it's the players and the coaches whose necks are on the line. Everybody else is, is almost an interested spectator of observer. But the one thing that hasn't changed is it's still about the players and players playing and coaches, and they're responsible and accountable for results. Everybody else has some level of diminished responsibility or accountability, and I don't know that's particularly right. Uh,
1: that's interesting though, because I agree with you, but I, I look at them, and very often in, in these cases, the management and boards don't seem to take their fair share of accountability or responsibility. And I, uh, that obviously causes a resentment from the players or the coaches who, who, as you say, are, the, are at the coalface and, and get exposed all the time. Do you think that there's any legitimacy in the, um, the Greg Dyer and the Australian uh, Cricket um, Players Association having a go and saying that these, these bans should be overturned because the, the report proves that the, the, the
0: responsibilities
1: was also spread elsewhere?
0: I think they've got a case. So I think if you were uh, a good friend of mine, uh, teaches sports law at university in Victoria. I was talking to her yesterday, and she said, "Now that you've got a public declaration and an admission from Cricket Australia that they accept responsibility for their part in the, the culture of the team, and they've actually formally said now and and openly uh, expressed, oh, I got to tell you, it surprises." the hell out of me, miles at Cricket Australia have not only published the report, but they've published their response as a board to the recommendations of the report. You don't see that very often. But going back to my legal friend, she said, look, now they're publicly admitted and and said, yes, we had a responsibility, we accept responsibility for our role in the overall culture and values of the behaviour. You would have a fairly strong case, I think, if there was an appeal put in or if there was an appeal process put in now, that they may have a reasonable case for that because even you know, either, the great phrase that all like when you're dealing with management is a fish rots from the head. That even though Steve Smith and Dave Warner and the other players were the guys that did it, they were doing it in an environment where that was allowed to happen, where it was, it was accepted behaviour, where those values were permitted to evolve. And the fish at the top, whoever was in charge at that time, who's now come forward and said, yes, we accept our responsibility, I think there's a there's a case now for them to argue that, hey, hang on a minute, sure, we did it. Uh, it's, it's, I know this is a big, big thread to pull, but it's a little bit like some of the rubbish that's going on in the US at the moment. That, that I was just listening to CNN and a couple of the other reports this morning, and they said that, yeah, sure, Donald Trump's not telling people to do horrible things. He's not forcing... Horrible and violent things on people. It's the people who make the decision themselves. But who's creating that environment where those things are acceptable? And I think that's where Cricket Australia got to have and have had a very hard look at themselves.
1: Yeah, well they need to. but what I would would venture is is that rather than overturning the players' bans, that there should be some punishment or consequence for those above them, if you know what I mean, rather than say, OK, well, you've been naughty, so we'll let you off. Well, you've been naughty, we have to punish you as well. Interesting thing, though, that I'd like to ask you, Wayne, Though in that report, there was a bit where they said that these players live in a gilded bubble and basically they've been idolised and smoke blown up their jacks and they, they haven't been exposed to, to the real world and they're away from their families a lot during the year and not having that grounding sense of community and people perceive them then to be arrogant. Surely that's not a perception, and surely if that was the case, every team that was under those conditions would behave in that same way.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good point. You don't see every team behaving that way. I, 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 look, they're professional players. They, they grow up in the environment, and and look, the NZRU and the NRL, the AFL, all the professional sports, around the world have got pretty good development programs for players in those junior national teams the under 18 teams the under20 teams that they, they all go through extensive training on attitudes values behavior character honesty respect and they they grow up with I don't know that that's that's a, a, a particularly valid argument to right. try they, they often say that professional players are in many ways the way they live is almost more like rock stars than players however, that doesn't excuse misbehavior. Doesn't excuse alcohol abuse, drug abuse, disrespect uh, to the public, uh, sexism, racism, homophobia. None of those things are justifiable just because you play play cricket or kick a football around. So I don't know that that's a valid argument. But what what again? I always think that you know if a team loses, if there's a team that goes through a bad experience, the first thing they do typically is they change equipment or they buy. they they improve their ground, and then if that doesn't work, they start, they sack the coach, and if that doesn't work, they start to change some players. They might go through that cycle three, four, five, six times, but the board never changes. They were the ones who selected the players and the coaches. And It's amazing to me is that that, that this behaviour from it, and as a proud Australian, I love watching cricket, but some of this behaviour has been around for a long, long time, And they've replaced the coaches three, four, five times. They've replaced the captains. They've replaced players. They've done a whole range of things, and yet the behaviour was still there. And the board is still there. It's just funny that the people who were responsible for appointing the players, the coaches, and building the system seem often to be invulnerable to criticism and in. Impossible
1: to change. It, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, it, it, and t- I've got to say I agree with you entirely, Wayne. And I think um, the, the tragedy that's just happened in the UK uh, with the uh, the Leicester City owner um, dying in the in the helicopter crash.
0: Yeah, there's an terrible. example
1: of uh, uh, the man at the top of the tree. Buying in and uh, getting everyone to buy into his vision and creating an environment where communications could, and accountability could go both ways. And uh, uh, that's an example of what you can achieve if you have that dynamic between the leaders. Because no matter who you are, whether it's a sporting outfit or a work thing, if you see the bosses consistently getting away with things... And lower down the tree, people are losing their jobs or being sacrificed for for lesser crimes. It doesn't create a, a positive uh, environment.
0: Now, and every one of the great concepts around leadership, Miles, is it, is the concept of service, and it gives this people great, great minds of Martin Luther King, and so many people have talked about the, the the greater you want to be as a leader, the more you need to serve. You need to be seen out there to be working with people being part of of their and, and you know, I often talk about in my leadership seminars with coaches about even people like Steve Jobs who was a visionary and he gets out and shares his vision and then says the company's not doing well, it's my responsibility because I have the vision. I think people like to see their leaders not just leading in in the traditional sense of writing reports and dealing with media and setting up a board. I think they love to see see leaders who are getting out there and have got a real feel for the business and are connecting with and who are listening. You know, who are listening as a my mum used to say, why were you born with two ears, two eyes, one mouth? So you listen and see twice as much as you talk. And I think we we see great leaders in any walk of life out there listening, learning, serving, working with people. The 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 board members who believe, as we, we call them in the business, the, the Blazer Brigade, the board members who believe it's all about them and the first-class airfares and the five-star hotels and the Blazers and the, the glory, without the responsibility and accountability, I don't know that they have any respect whatsoever in sport. And and oh, hopefully one of the things that the cricket must take from this report, and a great lesson for all sports, is that leadership is very much about serving One thing
1: I I noticed in there, Wayne, was um, that the players hadn't responded. A lot of the players hadn't responded to uh, requests for interviews or surveys, and they weren't sending them back in, which showed a disconnect for me between the players and and the management that they didn't even want to buy into it. But personality of individuals is is key, especially if they're in, in positions of influence. Um, yeah, you, know, you, you you follow them more and closely than me. How much? Uh, I I always felt that Darren Lehman was a was a poor example to have as a, as a leader. This is just from a, a pommy um, overstaying perspective in this part of the world that. that I believe that that his players and their attitude were, were quite reflective of Lehman. You look at Justin Langer now, do you think that he's got the right type of personality and that, that he will have a, a positive and, and calming and stabilising effect on his, on his charges?
0: Yeah, the early reports are certainly from within the team, the early reports are that the level of respect that he has as a human being, he's a good father, he's got a strong sense of faith, he's a martial artist as well, so he's got discipline both within cricket and outside of cricket. Uh, he has literally the runs on the board, which is a, a, a nice pun for for cricket. I think the challenge that, that Lane will have is in terms of actual coaching, he's relatively inexperienced as a coach. In mean, what Cricket Australia have got to do, is they've got to find an old head, an old head who really gets coaching, who's been through two or three tough international tours as a coach, someone who really gets coaching, who can be part of a coaching team. And if you look at at, uh, Hanson and the way that the All Blacks have structured their coaching teams over the years, if you look at the way that AFL now, certainly in Australia, do it even in England, you see, and definitely in rugby, where they've got quite often young, talented, driven coaches who've got empathy and connection with players, but they usually put a director of coaching, a director of football next to them, who understand the bigger picture of the old heads, the person who's going to be calm under pressure, the person who's going to see problems before they become problems. I think they've got to very quickly get one person or two people around uh, Langer to act as a, a mentor and a trusted colleague that to help him on the areas that he's not going to be quite so good at, but certainly in his own life and the way that he lives and the way that he has lived for a long time, he can stand up and say, well, do like I do, not just, as I say, so hopefully that credibility will certainly buy him time for the first twelve months. But they've got an Ashes campaign at the end of next year, and as I said, they need a couple of older heads around him, not necessarily from cricket, but a couple of old heads who can help him understand the other aspects of coaching.
1: And perhaps a leader in the mould of of Alan Border to uh, once again resurrect um, the integrity and the reputation of, of Australian cricket.
0: It's interesting. I think it's one of the toughest things isn't it, right now, Miles, to balance out. Is if you look at what's happening in different areas in rugby in New Zealand, in Australia, different sports around the world, the biggest question I think we've got to try and figure out now is how do we talk about winning? How do we talk about. Because that's what it's about. Um, no one's going to applaud the All Blacks for coming back from the World Cup next year, having come ninth, but played fairly and honestly with great integrity. They have to find a way of winning and do it with values and integrity and honesty and character and respect and all those things. I think that's the toughest challenge we've all got in this business at the moment. How do we talk honestly about winning and excellence and non uncompromising commitment to being the best, but doing it within a framework of values and honesty and integrity and character because that report and the public are telling us very loudly that they expect more than just winning for winning's sake. They're looking for winning winning a particular way. And I think New Zealand has always been pretty good
1: at that. Thank you so much for, for your insight there, Wayne. We really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure we're going to have much to chat to over the, the coming weeks, not just on Australian cricket, but the debacle at the moment that is the Australian rugby team. If they come back from the <laughs> Northern Hemisphere with a sound thrashing all over the place, I'm sure there's going to be heads
0: rolling there. Uh, Yes, as I say to my rugby colleagues, I think it's time for some sort of divine intervention. (laughs) Logic's not going to help. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.